Hello and welcome to this episode of the Corridor Digital Podcast, where we sit down with the wonderful Anna Akana, and she tells us about her life, her experiences, the things she makes, and why. We talk about comedy, we talk about diversity, we talk about sex, we talk about sandwiches and best friends, and of course, cats. So please come along, join us, and remember, consider subscribing, and that's it. We're going to go to the episode now. See you over there. Anna Akana. Hi. Hi. How are you doing? Oh, I'm so great now that I'm here on Corridor Cast. Good. I, the parking is a nightmare out there. <laughs> I'm glad you made it. Me too. Yeah. Um, so you're into cats, right? I have five. I used to have six. One ran away last year. Oh, he did? Yeah. Oh, no. My favorite one of yours is the, what's his name? Captain? Congress. 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 Yeah. He's everyone's favorite. Yeah. Um, do you ever just say the, the worst things to your cats? No. Like, no, you don't? <laughs> no, I love them. Because cats are such shits, though. Mine aren't. Mine are, yeah, right. mine are, no, mine are so, like, everyone who comes to my house is like, these cats are so nice, so social. They're very well behaved. Well, they're not really well behaved, but they're, they're very social. nice. Yeah. Well, I, so I have a cat. Mm-hmm. He's social, but he's, well, it's she, but she still is a cat, though. She still wants to attack <laughs> things. And she's still, like, this morning, yeah. she was running into the bathroom, s- grabbing stuff out of the garbage can. Oh, my God. And then running out. Because I'd be like, Myrtle, get out of here. Myrtle. Her name's Myrtle? Yeah. <laughs> well, it's a street uh, It's a street that in my hometown where oh, I grew up. Oh, so, okay. Yeah. Um, and, and then I went into the room and she's scratching on the carpet. And, I, and so I just, I realized mm-hmm. I say the worst things to her. I'm just like, I'm going to murder you, Myrtle. I'm going <laughs> to. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna skin you and use your fur for the inside of my boot. Wow! Yeah, wow, it's really. Inti- you don't say stuff like that. No, because I know they're cats, and I don't expect them to behave anywhere well, I, I know, want but them. But it's to. kind of fun. <laughs> it's kind of fun to say stuff to them, though. No, you know, knowing. No, I make them kiss me. Like if they don't okay. want to, I hold their heads yes. and I like force okay. myself upon them. Okay. And then I'm like, this isn't right. <laughs> I feel like we can continue from here. Yeah. That's okay. We're on the same page. Um, so let's 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 start off here with with a very broad topic, but I think it's going to help hone in on uh, who you are and what you do. Mm-hmm. Um, for people that don't know, you are, I think, one of the best creators out there at taking a self-reflection on a common experience and then doing something creative with it and, oh, and, and turning you. it into a video. Yeah. I mean, you've you've sort of made your, made your name on that. And, and I think that comes from not only your, your style, but your background and, and sort of how you came up in into the scene in LA and, mm-hmm. and, and all that stuff. So I kind of wanted to start and just, you know, d- just have you explain where, where you came from and how you got into this whole mess. Cause I read your book and, you know, you, you kind of, you came up from, uh, Marietta, right. Or Temecula, but yes, but you were only there for a little bit cause you were in the, your, your parents were in the military. Yeah. My father was a Marine Corps officer. So since, I mean, I think by the time I was six, I'd already lived in 13 States he was wow. a pretty okay. high in demand aerospace engineer, so he'd work on jets. And as you know, we're in wars, so yeah. um, he would have to go all over the place to just work on jets and be a navigator. Right. Um, so I got very used to being the new kid all the time and knowing that, you know, you have to attach to people quickly, make friendships quickly, and then you're going to leave before you know it as well. So it's this weird sense where I kind of like go all in on something, but then I'm able to detach and let it go and move on very quickly, which I think has helped me a lot in L.A. And do you find that that's been more of a blessing in your life or more of a curse? Um, I think it take. I think it depends how extreme it can be. Because I, 
it's a it's a curse because uh, when I moved here, I didn't expect to like always be here, if that makes sense. Sure. So you're like, oh, I can't just like fuck off and because I'm going <laughs> to run into this person like in three years. I'm work with them later. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so there's this weird aspect where I'm like, oh, yeah, like I have to if I want friendships, I have to learn how to maintain them as well. It's not just like a whole, oh, we're friends for two years and then like we're kind of done scenario. It's like, oh, if you are meaningful in my life, then I have to like make that effort to have you be integrated into my life. Right. And I've never had to do that with anyone ever. So it's been a learning experience. Yeah, which most people, you know, I, for me, I've, I, one of the guys I know I've known since I was three years old. Oh my God. What yeah. What is that like? Um, you know, it's one of those things where you see him, I see him around and I go, Hey, how, how's it going? And it's like the same, <laughs> we just pick up the same conversation that we were having 10 years prior. Wow. Um, yeah, but, uh, wow. Okay. So what are the, some of the methods from, from this background that you've, that you've taken and, and applied into how you write and, and well, I guess I would say my mom and my dad. So my life always felt bifurcated by their two point of views. My, my okay. dad's all business. He's all about education, intellect, very heady guy. He's an Aquarius. My mom is, is a homemaker and artist. So she, she loves doing like random projects. She'll like randomly pick up crocheting or knitting or do watercolor. Right. And she's more like free spirited and sort of flurry of a woman. And so I feel like being raised by both of them, I had the perfect balance between show and business business because okay. I knew how to be free-spirited and have fun and like acquire new skills and be creative from my mom but then I knew how to apply discipline to that practice by my dad's like rigorous schedule and work ethic okay um, so I feel like those two experiences allowed me to sort of be creative in a way that was also productive and prolific and approach my work not just as like oh, I'm gonna do this whenever I feel creative but oh I'm gonna approach this as though it's an assignment at Method. school yeah yeah yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, and then I was reading, you you did work at, well, first of all, I heard this on another podcast, but Will <laughs> Ferrell was talking about groundlings. Yeah. Did you do, what is that? So groundlings is like a school like UCB or Second City where they teach you comedy. Okay. Um, and the groundlings approach is all you need is a character, a very strong character with a very specific point of view. And from there you can make anything funny. And so a lot of people who are on SNL actually came from groundlings because it's all about character driven comedy. Right. So they have a bunch of different tiers in which you do their classes and then you test to be like in their advanced shops where you can then perform on their stage. And you started that right when you got here? or I did all the schools. So okay. I did Second City, IO, UCB, yeah, Groundlings as well. How did you support yourself through all that? You were working too at the same time? Or? Yeah, I was a waitress, a babysitter, a personal assistant, a chiropractor's assistant, and an underground poker player hostess for a short time. And when, <laughs> so when did, you, when did you go to take these classes at night? Yeah, there's like there's they're only usually like once a week, so I would just like go through the eight week course like either on a weekend or at an evening and just have that blocked off in my schedule. Right. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Um. Okay. <laughs> at, at what point did you did you sort of feel like your comedy game was was starting to form and 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 Ooh. what was the what was the initial like. Hey, there's a format here. You know, what, mm -hmm. when did it first hit for you that that there was a format there that you could turn into something? Well, I was doing stand up first, so I think doing stand up um, at the same time as YouTube was really helpful in developing what my voice was. So okay. I felt like where'd you do stand up? All over town, like 
laundromats, coffee places, and then also like yeah, like laundromats too. Like just stand up. Yeah, there's like random shows like in a laundromat, and people don't want to listen to you, and it's awful. Oh my god, I want (laughs) to. I want to try that. It's you don't. It's no. so people are just trying to like fold their underwear and not make eye contact with you because they're like, I don't. I'm not here to listen to you make jokes. <laughs> I'm here to do my laundry. They're like really bad because you're <laughs> testing jokes yeah, on people. Yeah, they're just like they just don't care. Right. Um, but it's good to do those places because then if a joke's good, if it makes people like chuckle in that place, then if you go to a comedy club, it'll get like a standing ovation because right. those those are people who are ready to laugh, who have paid to laugh. Right. Um. So I feel like I was able to get really resilient really quickly in my comedy and also find what worked and what didn't because you're there up close with people yeah um i forgot the original question oh it was part of how (laughs) it was part of groundlings and sort of what why that helped you with creating youtube videos this is where i was going oh god i got it so what what the what the source of that the format. Yeah, the format. Well, I also borrowed a lot from content I liked watching. So Nika Higa, I loved um, Community Channel, yeah. Happy Slip. And I was like, oh, I love the way that people are doing clones. I love the the freedom with video, how you can do cutaways to like really illustrate something. And for me, one of my strong suits in school was always writing essays. Mm-hmm. So uh, one of my side businesses as a student was like, writing essays for other people, essentially, for good grades. Okay. And so in that format of doing a monologue to camera interjected with cutaways, I could literally break it down like a thesis paper. So you would... People would pay you to write essays for them. Yeah. Wait, wait, okay. Does yeah. this go back to junior high, high school? Uh, like middle school, yeah, is when I started. That's when you started slanging essays. Yeah. Like, yo, you need to know about Shakespeare. How many words? <laughs> Dollar a word. I think you, you want a B plus. You don't want a straight A. No, no one's going to believe obvious. that. Yeah. yeah. You, yeah. You, you look at them. Mm. Nah, you're, you're more of a B minus kind of yeah. guy. Yeah. Just sit back. I got it from here. Exactly. Wow. Okay. So that probably helped a ton because you can look at something and break it down yeah kind of right away and i sort of have a very specific format of like you know the opening section is something that's just like a, a throwaway joke and then you get into your thesis statement and then you use the next cutaway to either illustrate that example or oppose it for the sake of comedy and so, so I, I got very analytical with it illustrations yes do you do those yourself uh no i have an animator but okay. i used to do freelance storyboarding okay so you because it's, I mean, from what I gather, you at one point you were doing everything from yes. start to finish. Yes. Illustrations, cuts, shooting, sound yes. design. Yes. Music. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now I have a crew. Thank God. Or thank God. Yeah. Oh yeah. God. Yeah. No, because that, but it's necessary. Yeah. In, in order to understand the, the, the totality of the form, mm-hmm. you need to, you need to have a hand in it in each, in each stage. And I think it makes you a better all around everything. Like I feel like a better actor because of it, a better director, a better writer, because when you have an insight into how every job works, you know how to make it more efficient right. for everyone. You should put that on a business card <laughs> and kind of better ever, better all around everything. <laughs> Jack of all trades. Here you go. Um, cool. That, um, well, I think that wraps it up. I think we're done. We're done here. Yeah. Well, thank you for having me on the corridor. Yeah. Cast. Like no. comment, subscribe. <laughs> um, Okay, here's a question. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I, I'm sure you've gotten this through the years, but um, do you have uh, do you have a mentor? Do you have do you have someone in art and oh. in, in in comedy, maybe mm-hmm. in in writing that you've looked up to? Someone someone who's yeah. yeah. I've had several real life mentors um, that have gone terribly south. 
oh. of people trying to take advantage and make me sign paperwork that would benefit them but strip me of rights in a project or – um, I had like an art mentor who was a famous artist back in the day. He was like Spielberg's right-hand man, but was slowly deteriorating because he never wore one of those respirators. And back then they used a lot of toxic chemicals. So a lot of those older guys really? doing art design have like literally gone insane because of the way that the chemicals have affected them over the years. Can, can you tell me more about that? Like who, can we talk about these people? Uh, I don't want a lawsuit on my hands, but like I can, I won't say names, but yeah, I can give you situations. Yeah. Give, tell me about this. What was he? What did? What was he inhaling that made him? He would like make props and sets and paint. aliens and yeah. He would. He's, he's a brilliant artist, but he would literally not wear any of the safeguarded, you know, stuff you're supposed to wear with these toxic chemicals that you're handling. Right. Um. And so it's really well known in the art community that before people knew about this, they were inhaling it for years, and so now they're kind of all a little. Right. Yeah. And that. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's not really a mentor, though. You know, well, someone who's trying to take mentor. advantage of you isn't a mentor. Well, he wasn't in the beginning. So in the beginning, he was all about, like, I'm here to support your dreams. Like, you know, gave me a lot of insight into how the business works because I was just starting out. Helped me out, do a lot of self-starter projects. Um, was a go-to person for advice. And then it's, you know, after two years, when you really get to know a person, you're like, oh, wait, like, you're saying everyone screwed you over. But, you know, if someone says everyone else is the asshole, it usually means it's you. Right. Um, and just hearing other stories of other people who are like, oh, no, like this is what's actually happening with that guy or with this woman. And, um, you know, you show up to L.A. bright eyed and bushy tailed and then very quickly realize like it's like America shook itself and all the crazies <clears throat> fell into L.A. That's exactly what yeah. happened here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's the world shook itself yeah. and, and all the crazies ended up here. Yeah. Um, OK. So, well. That's still not, that's not really a mentor. Well, he was at the time. He was okay. someone who I really looked up to, who was, uh, I, th I thought, so talented and yeah. gave me a lot of practical advice that I could use in the industry. Okay. Um, so, uh, you know, our relationship ended in a really negative way, but that wasn't until like two years down the road. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, because um, that's something, the reason why I asked that question is because, you know, you, you've done a lot of things that have made you self self-made in, mm -hmm. in a way and um you know we, we we like to think that around here as well and the thing about it the thing that i've found difficult is we've we haven't i feel like there hasn't been a mentor and in the space that we're in yeah there's not people who have been doing it for 30 years who yeah. can go well, let me tell you how this works yeah. kid um, because it's just different now. I think we're the mentors now, if we really think about it. <laughs> we're the OG YouTube people, if anything. I, yeah, that's probably true. I mean, um, that, because uh, you started in 2011, 2012. Yeah. yeah. When did you post your first video? I think 2010. 2010. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then you just kind of tinkered from there. And, and at what point did you feel like you were hitting your stride on on? On, on your, YouTube? On format, yeah. Probably like 2015, 2014, 2015 is when I was like, okay, I got this down. But then, mm -hmm. you know, you come across the hurdle of I've said every opinion I have about every topic I can think of. What do I do now? Yeah. Well, so what do you do at that point? You write a video about having no more ideas. <laughs> <laughs> and then that gives you more ideas? Oh, yeah. And then okay. you just try to go out and like, I had a period where I would just say yes to yeah. things I didn't want to do because I was like, I need stories to tell. I need content. Right. And so I got into this very bad habit of being like, this looks like a bad situation, but I'm going to do it anyway because I need a good story. Yeah. Yeah. And did that 
yield the results you were looking for? I got some content, yeah. Okay. Lots of content. I mean, yeah. So you kind of, uh, looking more at your style, I feel like you kind of have a comedian's style Mm -hmm. to to your, at least to, to the way that you dig for stories and the way that you dig for things. I mean, that's, seems common you know Mm -hmm. you go out and you you do different experiences to try to see see what life throws at you yeah and uh i think a lot of that comes through uh when did you sort of go down your path of i'm going to i'm going to become an artist 2000 i think when i was no well i started stand up when i was 19 i wanted to get in entertainment when i was five because i did the little red hen hand puppet play and i was the little red hen and I was like, I was born for this. Like, I'm going to be an actor. An uh, actor. <laughs> yeah, even though it's like, no, that's ventriloquism, you idiot. You're <laughs> five. <laughs> um, but my parents, when I told them, they were like, oh, yeah, yeah, sure, whatever. Like, that's not a real thing. Yeah. Um, and as I got older, like, you know, all I saw was like maybe Lucy Liu, Bruce Lee, Jackie Chan. And I was like, well, everyone knows martial arts. And I'm kind of like clumsy. I don't think I can do it. Um, but it was when my sister died and I saw Margaret Cho perform stand up was when I was like, actually, yes, I love this. I'm going to go after this cause I, you know, I'm going to die someday. And so there's no point. And what about her, her performance, her, her style? Well, it was two years since my sister had died and it was the first time I ever laughed for real. Like, and the first time I ever forgot my sister was dead for like 20 minutes, 30 minutes, however long she was on. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that is such a beautiful gift to give to someone like this kind of escape from your own tragic reality and the ability to just like laugh again. And I was so inspired by that and wanting to give that to someone else that it like drove me for the next 10 years. Right. Um, so let's, go down that road for a second. Yeah. I mean, what a lot of people probably don't know this. Um, what happened to your sister? So she was 13 um, and she killed younger, herself. Younger she was old. younger. I was 17. She was 13. Okay. And she was, I think she struggled with some kind of mental disorder, but, it, but she could have also just been a 13 year old girl going through a hard time, you know? Mm. Um, and she was being bullied at school. A bunch of boys threatened to beat her up. And this is before bullying was ever taken seriously. So when she told her counselors and her teachers, they were like, they're just kidding. Um, So she brought an airsoft gun to school to protect herself. And she's the one who got expelled for it. And so integrating into a new school was also really hard for her. We were very used to being in Asian-dominant countries at that point. Like, we'd grown up mostly either in Asia, in Hawaii, where white people were actually bullied. So mm-hmm. coming to California, Temecula is especially racist. It was such, like, a jarring culture shock when or my first day, like, this guy was like, hey, go back to China. And I was like, right. oh, I'm Japanese, Filipino, Hawaiian. I'm not from China, sir. And then he, like, spit on the ground and walk away. And I was like, what is up with that guy? And, like, yeah. slowly you realize, like, oh, people here are, like, racist. I've never encountered this before. Yeah. So she dealt with a lot of that, especially in coming from Hawaii. We spoke pidgin, which sounds very uneducated. It's a very, like, weird slang kind of, kind of to have compared to Cali. Mm-hmm. And uh, she just, yeah, she had this terrible, terrible time at the new school. Sort of got into a fight with, like, everyone in my family and killed herself. And so, yeah, it was like when I realized like, oh, I don't want to go into the military at all. Like, I don't want to be a doctor. I don't want to be a vet. Like, I'm going to die someday. I should do what I actually want to do. And that's go into entertainment and tell stories. Right. How long were you guys in Hawaii and before that, Philippines? Uh, We were in Hawaii for four years. And before that, we were in Japan for three. Okay. Yeah. Is your dad Japanese, your mom? My dad's Japanese. Yeah, Mm -hmm. he was born there. Okay. And then 
Okay. And then into the, so when did he come over here? He actually came here when he was like four or five. So he came here relatively early. His father was in the military, was Hawaiian. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, um, I, I, I didn't know how to bring this up necessarily, mm-hmm. but I feel like a lot of people who draw towards comedy, they have, uh, they have something in their background that, that is usually like, you know, something tragic or something difficult and they take it and they, and I think that is ultimately the gift that it brings to the world is that it brings people the, it brings people laughter and the ability to take something tough and, and to make, make something not light, but to make something that makes you feel better about it. Yeah, but the stand I mean it's part of the reason why I quit though is everyone in stand up is so miserable. Really? So like so so miserable. And it's also a very bitter community compared to like the YouTube community, the acting community. Like they feel very entitled and like upset if if anyone else succeeds. There's like a real competitiveness, which is very weird because we're really? all doing our own acts. It's like There's not enough laughter for everyone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, and so part of the reason why I quit was I was just like, this is a really unhealthy environment. At least the people that I was around, I've heard there are better environments, but a lot of the people I came up with were very unpleasant and, um, suicidal or had really crazy backstories to the point where it's like, dude, you're like 36, get over your dad's suicide that happened when you were five. Like, like it's time to like, you know, turn that into something that serves you. Um, and so, I mean, bless them. They're like trying to use that experience to create art that makes other people happy, but it can be a really negative environment sometimes. Yeah, it's not, it's definitely shouldn't be a crutch, you know, yeah. at a certain point you gotta, you can't be, well, I'm in comedy because I had these things happen to me and that's why, and that I'm entitled to it. Yeah. You know, you gotta, you gotta move forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so on that note, when you moved into YouTube, um, you, you started to hit your stride on the format of your, well, the videos that worked for you and, mm-hmm. and how long did it take from the first video that you made to, wow. to probably like 200 videos, 200 videos. Yeah. You made 200 videos before you yeah. felt like, cause I did like a sketch show. I did vlogs. I did, I was like, you know, playing around, like, what do I like? What, you know, what's me until I found like really like, Oh, this video, this format, this resonates. Okay. Uh, what are some of the failures that you went through before you got to that? <laughs> I mean, you know, like a lot of the shit on YouTube you saw was like, here I am at the grocery store. So oh, like just OG vlogs. Yeah, like OG, vlogs. like here I am at the grocery store. Hey guys, right? um, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to get some wasabi peas. <laughs> yeah, and exactly. uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I really like this brand. Yeah. Yeah. It's organic. Right. Yeah. Uh, any other v- v- other than vlogs? I mean, I did like this sketch show called 10 Second Traumas uh, with, with another girl from acting class where we just made 10 second sketches and they were terrible. Tra- trauma. They were yeah, traumas. They were, traumas. <laughs> they were all supposed to be like FM, like FML inspired, like that okay. fuck my life site that was like really big. We were like, yeah, we should do like video versions of that. That'd right. be like cool. Right. Yeah. About when time was that? God, it was too, I think that was like 2020, 2010. Yeah. Okay. That was like one of the first things I did when yeah. I moved out here. Yeah. And then, okay, and then I think, well, I'll get to that, but what was your first sort of viral video or your first big one that sort of took your channel oh, to a wow. new level? The first one I that got big was actually one of the first ideas I ever had, and I never did it because I was like, I hate this. This is stupid. No one will like this. And one day I was like, I don't have anything else. I need to make my deadline. So I'll just do this stupid video that's like 
a parody of a beauty like vlog, but instead of like oh, putting hot. on my eyeshadow, I'm gonna put on kindness, like <laughs> shit like that. So the whole video is like, and I put on my, don't forget to like speak kind words or whatever. And it's very like cheesy, but like I'm a very cheesy person. So I was like, fine, like I'll just do it. And it got picked up by Upworthy. It like went viral on Reddit. Like people, right. like women were sending it to their daughters because they're like, yeah, it's like this beautiful juxtaposition of inner beauty and outer beauty and how emphasis is put on outer beauty. And I was like, okay, yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, Ascribe yeah, that meaning to it. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, so that was like my first big one that like launched me into more subscribers than I'd ever had before. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's usually something like that, that something that's off the cuff, something that always, yeah. That, the thing you like work the hardest on, no one cares. Oh yeah. All the time. <laughs> All the time. All the time. Uh, but it, it, in a way that I think that fosters the ones you don't care as much about and those yeah. you pull on those things, you know, yeah. you go through the big one and you're like, okay, I feel like I'm at a new creative <laughs> plateau yeah. and, and, and all this, and then that thing doesn't work, but all the stuff it took to get there mm-hmm. fosters this sort of new, new, new ground, I think. Yeah. That's a good mentality to have about it. Uh, it, it keeps me moving forward yeah. anyway. Yeah. Cause it, yeah, <laughs> you can't be negative about it. Um, Okay. Well, uh, th- this is a little bit more of a, of a serious topic. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think we should dive into this cause it's, it comes through in your videos. And, mm-hmm. um, first I, I want to talk a little bit about, about sex mm-hmm. and then secondarily about, you know, being, um, a woman of color. Mm-hmm. And, um, I think is your, is is your most viewed video the one you just put out like last year about things I wish I did before things I wish I knew before I had sex? No, that- that's my second highest. My first highest is like a Google Chromebook one. But okay. I think that's because they pushed it they in pushed advertising. It. Okay. But yeah, my highest videos are sex related. Okay. So, you know, as a as a, as a straight man who doesn't have to deal with those sort of issues, mm-hmm. um, like what would you, what do you have to say about that? You know, like mm-hmm. to, to, to take this concept concept and, and sort of drive it home a little bit further. Like why, why is it that the most, your most viewed video has to do with sex? Like what? Because there's not a lot of information or education for women about it out there. Okay. At least growing up, I, I didn't know anything about it. The most my mom told me was like, if you have sex, I'll break your legs. <laughs> You know, like I didn't, I (laughs) didn't even know I like what a vagina was till I was like 13. I had a whole stand up bit about like accidentally discovering my vagina and being like, what it, what is that? And at first, it goes in there. Yeah. I thought there was like a hole in my body. And I was like going to tell my parents until I realized like, oh, that's, that's the vagina. Really? It's like not the thing you pee out of. Like it's a separate thing. Right. And uh, like sexual education, I don't know like what it is across the nation, but at least for me, in the few schools that I went to that taught it, there was nothing at all about female anatomy. It was, you learned mostly about male anatomy. So I knew like all like, okay, yeah, like those are the guy glands and this is how that happens and blah, blah, blah. Right. But n- like, I didn't even know most women can't come from like, uh, can't come from penetration. You need some kind of clitoral stimulation. And for like right. the longest time I was like, oh, I'm I'm weird. Like I can't, I can't, I just can't. I'm broken What's or something. What's wrong with me? Yeah. And so it's it was really interesting so for no, me. That to, never was formally... No, never formally taught, never communicated. I had to read a sex book specifically to, in order to find out more about my own body than like classes taught me or my parents taught me. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That, uh, 
that explains i mean because that, that thinking back about it i never thought about this but thinking back about it that's that's all we learned was we watched like how basically how guys ejaculate yeah. and how that leads to pregnancy yeah and that was it that that's was it. all we learned and i think with guys because you guys have like an actual physical thing that does stuff like there's naturally more (laughs) we don't even know sometimes (laughs) yeah (laughs) but there's more education on it or at least there's more like experimentation with it like and it's i think it's also more encouraged like with guys if a guy's horny like yeah it's a guy but a girl you're like oh my god like yeah keep it contained like be classy yeah be a lady yeah right yeah that's um okay yeah because you know we here at corridor you know it's like it's a bunch of dudes yeah and uh i think it's healthy to bring that out and uh you know that's been kind of one of your messages throughout a lot of your work is mm-hmm. is to bring out other perspectives and other other things so uh just to hop further down that rabbit hole i mean one of, one of your videos you just put out recently is you you announcing that you're bisexual i am yeah okay um and and what uh when did you just come to grips with that, I guess. And, and Only recently. Okay. Yeah. I've had a lot of internalized homophobia for a long time that I didn't even know was there. Okay. Um. So I've liked girls my entire life, but I definitely like men Me more, more. Oh, yay. Yeah. We have that in common. Yes. Um. But I always thought it was just like, oh, because girls are pretty. So like, obviously you like them. Like they're fucking beautiful goddesses. Like right. who doesn't like women? Right. Um. And I always, like, I just, it took me a long time to really even, like, own the label as bi because mm-hmm. it felt like because I knew I wanted to end up with a man and because I knew I liked men more, I felt like I couldn't claim bisexuality. And I felt like I couldn't be romantically involved with a woman because that was that felt like it was, like, leading her on if I knew I wanted to have a family with a man. Right. And that's how you currently feel is mm-hmm. still, okay. Yeah. But I still am very attracted to women. I still had like a lot of sexual fantasies about women growing up. Um, So it is like a weird thing because bisexuality is like also just such a spectrum. Like some women are mostly with women, like nine out of 10, but still claim bisexuality because on the odd occasion they're attracted to a man. So I was like, oh, like when it was explained to me that way, I was like, that's okay. I feel like I can claim that label now. Like that makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah. And here's another label. Um, Queer. Yeah. Okay. So, what is it? What does that mean to be queer? Is it is queer it, is the umbrella term for the all the letters LGBTQ plus? So it, it's just sort of, the plus. I was <laughs> can't they just go with plus? I don't know, man. They keep adding letters. I okay. think so. They want to add a now for asexual. It's like, can we just have like another term? So I think queer kind of became the umbrella for all of that. That's easier. Yeah, it's easier for everyone. Yeah, it used like, to be a derogatory slur, but we've taken it back. The community's yeah, that's, taken it back. That's the best way to deal with it. Yeah, you just grab a hold of it, and you're like. No, this is ours now. Yeah, this is a positive thing. Yeah. Um, okay, so that's just the blanket, the blanket term. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I'm learning. See, everyone's learning. We're all learning. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we are definitely all are learning. Uh, on that note, um, when you get into moments of self-reflection <laughs> from which you derive your creativity, yes. Uh, who or what? are the methods that you fall back on to sort of ground yourself and center yourself and I guess fact check Mm. if you can, if you can call it that your ideas, Mm. you know, I have an idea. I think it's going to work. Is this too far off the, to the side of the road? You know, how do you, how do you 
balance yourself out I, throughout all this? I usually um, – I just follow my intuition. So my gut feeling always tells me what's the right project to work on. Like sometimes I'll be going really hard on like, I don't know, a poetry book or something. And then I'll be mm-hmm. like, no, actually you need to do a stop motion short now. And I'm like, <sighs> oh, okay, cool. Hard left. Yeah, hard, hard left. And so I'm like, this is going on the back burner. My intuition says go here. And it's it's never really led me astray. Like I think I was talking to like Mike and Nico about this once, but I remember I saw dubstep guns. My brother like randomly showed me dubstep guns, and I was like, oh, those are gonna be my friends someday. And he was like, haha, yeah, okay, whatever. I was like, no, for real. I think like that one guy is gonna be like my best friend. And uh, and like I met Mike years later at a party, and we're like best friends now. Right. And so I've always had these weird moments in my life where like a little voice inside of me will just tell me something, and I've been like, oh okay, like I'll trust this voice because it's never led me astray. And so for creativity and for staying grounded and balanced, I just really try to get quiet and listen. And sometimes it's like stop working, like you need to take a week to just like chill the fuck out. Um, yeah. Or sometimes it tells me to start a completely new endeavor, and I'm like, really? Aren't I doing enough already? Do I really have to like tackle this album? Um, but yeah, I'm very much led by whatever it is that voice is. You did an album? I did. Wow. Uh, yeah. What's it called? Casualty. Casualty by Anna Akana? Mm-hmm. What's, the, what's your favorite song on it? I think maybe the first song on it. It's also my lead single. It's called Intervention because I've had like alcohol abuse problems my entire life and I've never really confronted them until it like made me lose a really valuable relationship Hmm. um and but the song itself is about like I don't need to go to AA I don't need an intervention I can handle this on my own yeah yeah and is is that something you eventually had to do or did you handle it on your own no I've been handling on my own I've been sober now I've had bouts of sobriety I've been sober for four days look at me (laughs) come so far no but I did I do little bouts of sobriety here and there and then anytime I feel myself like because I don't imagine being sober for the rest of my life that sounds fucking miserable yeah but when I feel myself you know abusing a substance to avoid my own feelings is when I'm like okay like quit stop that and like tone it it down and yeah 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 I'm kind of the same way with respect to that I couldn't imagine not having a beer for the rest of my life but um you definitely want to keep a sharp eye on that stuff because it'll sneak up on you oh so easy it sneaks up on a lot of people and and you don't even notice it no it's so easy to fall into it yeah like sometimes I'm like, yeah, of course I have a drink or two or three by myself at home every day, like <laughs> you know. And then you're like, wait, wait. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yep. Um, where were we going with that? Creativity processes. That's right. Yeah, I also Grounding journal a yourself. lot. Journal a lot to oh, ground okay. myself. Love journaling. Is that something you've done your whole life? My whole life. I have so many journals. Really? Yeah. Just stacks of Just them. St- Secret, secret rooms. My parents have a lot of them, actually, a lot of my old school ones. Yeah, I used to keep, uh, I used to write, um, like, lyrics. Oh. And and I used to keep them in in notebooks. Do you still have them? I've got some of them. I don't think, uh, I don't think my wife even knows I have them. I, like, hide them in my library because I'm embarrassed. What if she reads them? She should. She She should. She's your wife. Yeah. (laughs) But they're so old, you know, they're like, I wrote them when I was literally half- my age. That probably means they're just earnest and pure. Yeah. <laughs> or just amateur and bad. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. I think sometimes I look back on the stuff I wrote when I was really young and I'm like, this is quite good for a 19 year old or whatever. Good job. Good job, little me. Go back in time, show up. Good Good work. Keep going. Keep going. Go with this run. Go yeah. with this one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure that helps too, you know, just the, just the hours and hours of, of writing. Yeah. That 
eventually you see that spark in in inside of something you've written and yeah you go, oh there's an idea here 100 percent. and i've yeah. also found my music is often more honest than i can be with myself i'll write a lot of things in music that i'm like i don't feel this way or this is not gonna happen and then like later i'm like no of course not. you fucking idiot you wrote right it down here. in yeah, the you, song yeah. <laughs> about life yeah yeah you realize it's later it's about you yeah 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 yep definitely um cool that um I think that 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 takes us to the point where I, I wanna go back a little bit. Yeah, sure. And and I wanna and I wanna have you explain a, a little bit more because we, we just hit a lot of topics. Yeah. Um but throughout all the times where you were moving, yeah. Um is there who was your best friend? Was it yourself? Was was it your sister? I mean, I had a new best friend wherever I was. I would like find a person and I'd be like, "I'm your friend," and like glom onto them. Okay. Yeah. And it <laughs> <laughs> seems like clingy. Is yeah, it, it, it was work? very clingy for like two, three years. Yeah, and then they would, and then I would leave and never write back to them when they wrote me letters. It's awful. Really? Yeah. Wow. So what? at what point did you feel like, hey, maybe I shouldn't do this anymore? When I was in L.A. and I started realizing like every two or three years I would have a huge falling out with a friend group. And I went into therapy and I was like, why does this keep happening? And he's yeah. like, well, it's literally been your entire life is you, you know, something gets destroyed and you start over. So now you have to learn how to maintain stuff. Yeah. So do you have a best friend now? I do. Her name's Gabby. Gabby. Yeah. Gabby Gab. Yeah, she's from high school. And then I also have a best friend here from LA named Kat, who's my makeup artist. Oh, yeah. I know Kat. Yeah. Yeah, she's great. She's awesome. What do you guys do for fun? We do body paints. Okay. We create Instagram content for fun. So we feel like we're working. Okay. But we just get to hang out for three hours and eat food. Uh, yeah, it's a good like excuse write off yeah. slash hang out. Yeah, exactly. Okay. What are, you, some of, what are some of your favorite photos that you've done with her? Oh, man. She painted a suit on my body once, and it looked so real. It, really? Yeah. It looked like a... People were suit even and like, tie? Yeah, suit, suit and tie. Yeah. People were like, where'd you get that suit? That fits you really good. I was like, that's paint, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Spandex. Yeah. Nope, not even. Nope. Okay. What about with Gabby? What do you guys do? Gabby's actually food... Uh, she's in food PR. Oh. So she like geeked out over Jonathan Gold when she met him. He's like a huge food critic uh, who recently passed away. And so she'll actually, because I'm a quote unquote influencer, invite me to be at restaurants for their events. So okay. I get to eat all their stuff for free. Yes. Recently, we did a show where we went to Jewel and I got to eat everything on their menu and just no have to do shit. reactions for camera. And it was great. Yeah. I was mm. just like, mm, umami undertow. <laughs> 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 what what kind of food was there? Uh, they have amazing, uh, gl- a lot of gluten free, vegan, but like, like weird stuff. I can't even explain it. It's just good. Okay. Yeah. They have a lot of good food there. Good food there. Yeah. So food is something you've you've sort of had your ups and downs with throughout your life. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the reason I wake up in the morning. But I also used to be like a really chronic binge eater. And it took me a long time to deal with that because I was like, well, I'm skinny. So, like, it doesn't matter if, like, I eat till so I, like. Clearly, I'm yeah, fine. I'm fine. Even though I'm having all these digestive problems, I'm fine. Like, right. 
And I also took a weird pride in being able to eat a lot because people are always like, wow, she ate that whole Subway sandwich in look one the, sitting. Look at the petite girl eating all the food. Yeah. Right. And so it was a problem for like four or five years where I was like, I'm having chronic like stomach pain. and like, Is that how you met Gabby was through food? Oh, yeah. Was it? We went in high school and we both loved food like insanely. And then would you dip out of school and like go across the street to get different food than what was offered? At sometimes. School? Yeah. Yeah. Or it's we'd go to Subway to and we'd both get footlongs and like race each other to see who could eat it first. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah. It was stupid. <laughs> How fast were you? Were you the winner usually? I think. Yeah, I could. De- I was definitely the winner because I used. I was used to having to eat fast because of ROTC. You have like fifteen minutes to inhale your food. Yeah. Um, and I just love consuming. Like some something about like filling that void inside of you with food was so like my jam. Right. Yeah. What uh, What did you do in ROTC? What was your? I was. Um, so I basically thought I was going to go into the military my whole life. So I yeah. do military camps every summer. So I do like cap like capture the flag or like various things. And I took it way too seriously. Like I would piss my pants in the middle of a capture the flag game because i was like i'm gonna win and i'm not gonna stop go to the bathroom just gonna run and piss my pants like legit (laughs) legit like i loved that shit that's so much dedication i know it's gross now but like yeah at the time i was like i'm gonna win right yeah do you do you think okay just to harp into a dan carlin podcast here Mm -hmm. have you you ever listened to him Mm mm-hmm Okay. Well, he does these hardcore history podcasts mm-hmm. where he goes into like the different histories of the world. And he has this cool. one on the Japanese empire and about how um, Hiro Emoto, I believe mm-hmm. his name was, how he didn't believe that World War II was over until 1974. What? He was living on an island in the Philippines. Yeah. And he was still fighting the war because he, <laughs> he, wasn't, he wasn't to be relieved from his post until his squad commander relieved him oh, personally. No. Yeah. So they sent him all this information and they tried to tell him and eventually they had to pull his sergeant to the island as an old man to officially relieve him of his duties to the empire. Wow. Yeah. Do you, wow. do you feel like that level of like dedication, like I'm, I'm going to piss my pants for this. Do you think any of that has to do with having a Japanese background? Probably actually. The Japanese are very stubborn. My dad's very stubborn. He like will never admit he's wrong. Even if I'm like holding a piece of paper with all the facts on it, he'll be like, no, that's not These real. are the facts certified, yeah, stamped. Yeah. yeah. There's like a sense of like honor, but it's not honor. You're like just hiding your shame. Right. Yeah. Huh. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I'm too white to understand that. I just, <laughs> Midwest boy right here. Yeah. Yeah. The Midwest is good too. Yeah, we got some good things going yeah. on. We got clean air. We got fresh air. Yeah, there's a lot of honesty, kindness, like good values in the Midwest. Yes. I spent a lot of time in the Midwest yeah. and I liked it a lot. Where about? Um, I was in Virginia, North Carolina, South Dakota. Okay. Yeah. Well, Virginia Virginia's the east. I don't really know. But it's South all like Dakota's, anything not LA or New York is Midwestern. <laughs> okay. Everything in between. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um South Dakota, there's not much there, but yeah. definitely I've been to Missouri too. I like Missouri. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Wisconsin's nice. Yeah, Wisconsin. It's God's country. Yeah. What's not to love? Man, a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Cornfields, the Packers. Fried chicken. They got that. They got some of that. It's yeah. more more in Missouri, though. Yeah. 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 We're down about that, down about those ways. Yeah. Okay. So you and Gabby, high school. Mm-hmm. You guys are eating sandwiches. Mm-hmm. And then when did you meet Kat? 
Kat, I actually met <laughs> Snapper Hero. So like the very oh, really? first time I ever worked with you guys was Snapper Hero, Snapchat's first scripted series. Yeah. And her, she was dating Jan at the time, our DP. Yep. And so I met her at the rap party for Snapper Hero. Yeah. Yeah. And we just became friends. And then what was, when was the first time she painted your naked body? Man, I don't even remember. She's done it so many times at this point. What Did it take a moment to get there with somebody or do you just like, hey, come over on Friday. We're doing chi- fried chicken and naked No, photos. I know when she did it. So I was dating someone and you know those t-shirts, those oversized t-shirts with like women's bodies painted on them in a bikini? Yeah. yeah. So uh, the guy I was dating was like, this is the first thing I ever masturbated to because he had no access to porn. Okay. Just the, yeah, yeah. Okay. And so I was like. The female form. Yes. On a t-shirt. Right. And he would hide it so his parents couldn't find it because <laughs> it was like his porn. <laughs> And so I was like, Kat, can you paint this T-shirt on my body and make it look like I'm wearing this T-shirt? And she's okay. like, yeah, totally. And so I sent him the photo of the T-shirt. I was like, this is the first thing you ever masturbated to. And I sent him a photo of me as the T-shirt. And I was like, this will be the last. <laughs> <laughs> and we loved it so much. We just started doing more body paints after that for fun. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I've seen a few of them. They're pretty great. They're fun. Yeah. yeah. She's very talented. She's so talented. And I love getting to just stand there for three hours and talk to a friend and then just take a photo. And yeah. And it's like, yeah, we were creative. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. And post it. Yeah. Yeah. The detail that she has, the layering and the paint. What does she use? Um, It really depends on whatever the paint job is. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But usually whatever. Does she do airbrushing? Sometimes. Okay. Mostly though by hand. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, have you ever had to do that for any of your, um, acting gigs? Like do really intense makeup? No, uh, I've done prosthetics once as like when I had to be like an old woman, but yeah. usually not. Usually if I write things with aliens, I'm the one human and they all have to sit in the chair for four hours. Fucking aliens, right? <laughs> yeah. You guys are all going to be aliens today. Yeah. You're aliens and I'm the most beautiful woman in the world known as Miss Earth. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's Miss 2059. <laughs> yeah. Um, how many seasons did you guys do? We did two and then go 91 under, but we right. were in talks to do a season three. And then they were like, actually, we're bankrupt. Bye. And did you, were you the, um, did you get creative, created by credit mm-hmm. on that? Mm-hmm. Okay. So everything from characters to writing to, mm-hmm. did you have final edit too? Um, no, new form had final edit. Okay. Yeah. But, um, you were the author, so to Basically, speak. Basically, yeah. I created piece. the proof of concept with that mentor who went horribly awry and then sold it to Go90 and then developed it with some show uh, showrunners. Okay. Yeah. Um, what uh, did that start from storyboards, like of your own storyboards? Um, how did I think I started Miss 2059 because I was really frustrated that like I would get conflicting auditions. So one would be like, the most beautiful girl in school. And then the next day it'd be like plain, not pretty, not even close to pretty, just like super plain and ugly. And, and I was you'd like, book both of those? Like I would go in for both of them. So I was like, I don't understand who I am. Right. Um, and so I was like, you know what? I just am going to make a thing where I get to be the most beautiful woman in the world in the future. And like I have a twin because I've always wanted to be a twin and I like aliens. So we'll throw some aliens in there. Put them in there. Yeah. They don't have souls. (laughs) They don't have souls. They can be your friend. You can murder them. It doesn't matter. I wanted one to be my boyfriend and have like a weird sex scene. And so I was just like, yeah, it was really born for me just being like, these are all the things I like. How can I make them be a story? Cool. Yeah. Who picked that up originally? New form. New form. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we did a whole first season. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And then were you able to leverage that when you when you moved things over to um, Youth and Consequences? Or how- yeah. So I've had, I think, like 
four shows so far that I've like either written and starred in or produced and starred in as like a self-starter. And Name all of them as fast as you can. Ready? Oh my God. Go. Uh, Riley Rewind, Miss 2059, Search Bar. You, I know there's one more, but I don't remember what it is. I don't remember. Okay. I'd have to look at my resume. Okay. <laughs> look at your IMDb. Yeah. I'd have to look at my IMDb. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause Riley Rewind, I mean, that was kind of your first one. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Where was that? On YouTube? Uh, that was premiered on Facebook, actually. What? Yeah, it premiered on Facebook. 25 million views. Facebook? How yeah. long ago? Like, like way long ago. Like 2012? It was, I think it was Facebook's first scripted premiere. That's like the first video ever on Facebook. You did I it. I know. We've we've done a lot of like firsts, though. Like Snapchat, one of the first. And yeah. Instagram also is doing scripted shows now. Right. YouTube Red. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Riley rerun on Facebook, tw- yeah. 2012. Yeah. Then Miss 2059, new form, Go 90. Yeah. That was, what, 2014, 15? I think so, yeah. And then Youth and Consequences last year. Yeah. Or was it this year? Did it release last this year. year. No, this year. You're yeah, right. This yeah, year this March, year. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, I really liked the first episode. I, I um I didn't get a chance to get to the second episode because you know I was went to bed and mm-hmm. this is now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay, good excuse. Good but excuse. But I was um, it 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 for me it took a moment to warm up because I'm not into the like high school sort of like drama com- mm-hmm. drama dramedy sort mm-hmm. of bits. But by the end of the first episode, I was hooked. I needed Yay! to know what happened. Yay! Um and and. That was cool. I, I didn't expect that, I'll be mm-hmm. honest, but I that's that's where it left me and um I think I'm going to watch the second episode. Hell yeah. Get out of here. Um so you didn't you weren't labeled as the creator of that one though. Correct. That, so how did you get looped into that one? Uh my manager actually sent me the script and was like, "I think you'd really like this cuz I am such like a freeform CW horror. I love watching teen drama shows that are like way high-end. But what I loved about Jason's script and his world was that the characters were really smart. And I'm a very avid reader, so often if I'm reading a book or a script, I can kind of see what's going. And I'm like, yeah, I have an idea of what this is, and like, I'm usually right. And with his script, I didn't see the twist coming at all. And so I love stuff like that that really surprises you. And I loved the idea of like getting to play like the the mean, popular girl who actually has really good intentions and a, an agenda, but it serves her more to sort of be a quote-unquote bitch in mm-hmm. order to maintain power and sort of distribute justice how she sees fit. And I always knew like with a script like that, if I was just auditioning, I would never get it. They wouldn't be like, yeah, let's put like this nice-looking Asian girl in this role. You know what I mean? It would right. be like, even as I read it, like part of me kept being like, oh, I'm imagining like a blonde, blue-eyed, like icy Margaret Robbie type. And I'm like, no, like why can't it? be you Um, and so I fell in love with the script and I met Jason and we got along so well and I was like I have to make this show with you Mm -hmm. Um, so initially it was at Freeform with Maker but Maker fucked it up Um, and then we ended up going to YouTube Red with it and they bought it cool and do you feel like that's opened any more doors for you or are you still kind of on the yeah. on the tail end of that project and seeking your next one? I'm still sort of, I mean, I'm in development on another show already. Um, so we'll see where it goes, but this one would be more for traditional TV. So now that I've had like four or five like solid shows in digital, yeah. um, now we can like leverage more with me in the film TV space as like an actual creator versus just like I've tested for a bunch of pilots or I've been in film and TV as a hired actor, but yeah. I want to take more of the role role of being behind the scenes and having a creative say. Uh, so now I'm working on a show actually based on my book. Okay. Yeah. How far along is that? 
Uh, we are going to pitch to Warner Brothers pretty soon. I have like producers attached and we're revising our pitch and like getting it to where it needs to be. Yeah. Yeah. Can you, do you have a title for it yet? Or are you it's still called So it? Much, which is like, you know, the book's called So Much I Want to Tell You. So we're calling right. it So Much. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. That's, um, one of my friends, uh, came by the other day and, um, and this is kind of what you were talking about with who you were imagining for the lead of Youth and Consequences. Um, and, uh, he, you know, he's in marketing and we were talking about how I think a lot of people have, um, still a, a bit of a stigma towards, um, like who should be in what role, mm. you know, yeah. and what type of person should be in which role mm-hmm. and, and what type of cast and what type of race and all those things. Yeah. Um, and the thing that made it click for me, and maybe you feel the same way about this, um, is he, he said, you know, imagine you're growing up and you are looking for people in, in pop culture that you can draw inspiration from. If you find somebody that looks or thinks or, or, or acts like you do, you're going to be naturally drawn towards that person. Yeah. And so it's important that you have diversity in mm-hmm. in casting and in and in projects mm-hmm. because it establishes that for people and for the younger generation do you do you feel that that's true or do you feel you know having gr- grown up with that in your background like do you feel differently about that i think it's a really interesting argument and one that i've had a lot with friends in particular cuz i owe my entire career to seeing margaret cho perform so for me the answer is no question diversity is important and right. also they've done studies that like what you consume when you're growing up entertainment wise influences your career decisions your hobbies whether or not you get married the friend group you chooses it literally right. forms our beliefs um and so i do think it's really important to showcase different perspectives cuz we have all these stereotypical ideas in our head about things that we've literally only gotten from entertainment which showcases one lens you know right. um i've had also weird arguments where it's like i wasn't allowed to audition for mulan cuz i'm not chinese and I thought that was really? I thought that was racist. I was like, that's not like you're gonna further marginalize an Asian group. But I had a friend who was Korean who fully supported the decision. I was like, no, we should give the Chinese actors, like Chinese American actors, the chance to go for this. And I was like, but that's so little, like of of what we're only five percent of the population in terms right. of Asians in America. And now you're gonna further like make it this this small. Um, and so I, it's it's been a really interesting conversation between people. What who made the decision on that? Disney. I think so. I think they were worried about because it, it racism and like racial casting and and how accurately you portray it has been like a huge question that people are like, how do we deal with this? So sometimes what they do like for Aladdin, one of my friends wasn't allowed to go because I think he, I don't remember what the exact things were, but they were like, oh, he's the wrong kind of Middle Eastern. We don't. It's not that Middle Eastern. He's like, if I can go in the room and you can tell me exactly what kind of Middle Eastern I am, sure, I don't have me audition for Aladdin, but you don't know. Um, and so it's been like a really weird thing now dealing in the, in in our communities where they're even further restricting, which is also annoying. Cause I'm like, how many Japanese stories are there? Everyone's either Korean or Chinese. Like there's not as many Japanese people out here, you guys. Um, but I do think diversity is important. I do want to see other, other, you know, perspectives cause I get bored. Like I want to, one of my friends is in a wheelchair and she's a VFX artist. And she told me this amazing story about how when she was a teen and she wanted to sneak out of the house, her boyfriend would have to climb the roof, 
carry her down, go back up, get her wheelchair on his back and carry that down and then sneak away for the night and then do it all again when he like dropped her off. And I was like acing it at four in the morning. Yeah. Like carrying that wheelchair up the like pipes. And I was like, that's a story I want to fucking see. You know, I want to see someone with with cerebral palsy. I want to see someone dealing with a disability. I want to see someone who's just not me in a different culture. Like I think I find that stuff super inspiring because you're just feeding yourself all these different stories that you don't get to see on a regular basis. Um, So as a reader i feel like i get that a lot but in watching entertainment it's so much more of a novelty yeah i think that i didn't expect that uh people would people would go down the road of saying you're not you're not the right type of asian yeah you're not the right type of middle eastern yeah um that puts you in a tough spot i think for for trying to book different roles like that and i i think they should go back and maybe take a second look at that type of casting because yeah. i mean this the one thing that should be first and foremost is does this person portray the role mm-hmm. whether i mean regardless unless it's a you know a historical piece i guess mulan technically is a historical but it's you know it's fictional yeah but first and foremost i mean that was what i was listening to one of these really old stand-ups by donald glover and he was talking about how when he was being considered for spider-man for one of the spider-man movies there was this whole thing about that and um uh first and foremost if the person can portray the role right Mm -hmm. especially in like a fictional environment then start there you know that's seems logical but Mm. I agree. I think so, too. I think it should be the best person for the role. But then I think it's also hard because, as you mentioned, like we're drawn naturally to people who look, sound like us, have the same experiences, viewpoints, beliefs. And so if everyone who is making those decisions are the same background, then they're going to choose someone of the same background most of the time. Right. And that's something I encountered a lot in the improv scene. Yeah. um, And in the comedy scene was like a lot of the people making these decisions were coming from one point of view. And so obviously they found other people who were like them much funnier than everyone else. And so would move those people up the ranks at these schools. Um, But yeah, it's interesting. So I like, I also don't have a problem with like, Oh, if you're just like bringing me onto a project, you need to like check your little diversity box. Sure. If that's going to give me more power to then get into a position where I can hire other people like me or from my background, then I'll take it. Right. Um, Because I know some friends were like, well, I'm not going to do it if they just want me because I'm black. And I'm like, no, take it. We need it. Like, Go get all the power you can so you can make change. Right. Yeah. I I think that's, yeah, that, that sort of business oriented mindset came through, I think a bit in your book too, Mm -hmm. you know, like you were talking about the, um, poker games that you used to serve at and you were, you were, I think you said you only did it a couple of times, but these guys would, would sit you down and they'd be like, Oh, let's see how this little, little girl can play poker. And, uh, (laughs) Yeah, and taking that opportunity because it gives you to the next stage, yeah, the next place of where you need to be. A hundred percent. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Um, given the way that uh, YouTube and digital media has changed mm. since we got onto the platform, um, when we when we started and when you started, it was TV and movies was mm. the, was the whole thing. It was the whole the whole shebang. Mm. Do you feel that that's still true? Do you feel that the the, the world has changed a little bit and, and people are kind of, I guess, not having the same sort of um, 
not putting TV and film in such a prestigious position and looking more to what what the overall content is adding and mm. it doesn't really matter where it is or do you feel like you still have a place you want to end up or a platform you want to end up? And if so, where where would that be? That's a good question. And one I think everyone is sort of contemplating right yeah. now. Yeah, well, that's why I'm asking Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I do think, uh, I saw this commercial, which I thought, exemplified it really well so there's this kid and he like looks at a flat screen tv and he's like tv and then he goes in the car and an ipad comes down comes down he's like tv and then his father hands him his phone and he's like tv (laughs) and so i do think the lines are so blurry now because do we consider netflix tv or digital you know yeah and when it's the biggest power player right now amazon prime is a big power player right now that's not freaking tv the film industry has taken a huge hit um and so for me, I think it, it's not necessarily the like the prestigiousness, but like the budgets. So digital very much, I feel like, comes from a mindset where all the people are like, oh, well, you used to do this alone in your bedroom, so I can give you like no so, money yeah. and you can make something amazing, right? I'm sure you guys are familiar with that all the time, especially we, being in the VFX world. Yeah, we are intimately familiar with that. <laughs> yeah. Whereas I think, you know, TV and film, they have so much money to play with. And of course, like they still have to stick within their budget. But compared to what we're used to, we're like, oh, my God, if I could play with that kind of budget, who knows what I could freaking do? Um, Because, you know, I've had to make sci-fi shows on a million dollars. Whereas, like, if I were doing an actual TV pilot, I might have five. And so uh, for me, it's more about like I want to I want to play in spaces where there's money so I can pay people well. I'm tired of paying people like the bare minimum of what I can fucking pay them. I want to feed people well i want everyone to feel like you know we're not having to pack everything into a 16 hour day because we don't have enough money to make the seven day shoe instead of a five day shoe um you feel like though there's a disproportion between the economy of of traditional tv and the in the true economy of like ad dollars online you know because i feel like that it's it might be overvalued a hundred percent i mean we get more i used to get the same views as every episode of girls Right. At the same That's fucking I mean. time. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like people were like hounding me like on my rate. And I was like, are you kidding? Like you pay hundreds of thousands of dollars to be on TV for the same amount of views. But also you have me, a personality who people are invested in selling a product that I use for you. Right. Um, and so it is frustrating. It's, it's, it's requiring a lot of education of advertisers and executives who don't quite get it and don't understand the value of what you do. Yeah, that's definitely true. I'm definitely seeing that. Um, and I think it's probably going to land realistically somewhere in the middle, mm-hmm. you know, over the next five years, five, five to 10 years, we'll continue to see it evolve. Yeah. But I think you're right. TV and reference that commercial, it's kind of everywhere and there's a screen everywhere. Yeah. And so as long as you're creating something that people are enjoying on those screens and that can be widely distributed, mm-hmm. don't. To, at least to me, it doesn't really matter where it goes as long as it does that. Yeah. I'm waiting for them to start premiering movies in your home. I don't yeah. have to go to a theater at a certain time, like with it's overpriced most, snacks. It is the most outrageously <laughs> antiquated consumption of anything. I know. Remember when they were showing the debates in VR? Like you could literally put on your Oculus and watch the debates with a bunch of other people. I'm like, that's what movies it's have to be. It's almost impressive yeah. how they've been able to hold on to that format for Dude, so long. I, know. I mean, that, that format started because it was literally the only... You're like, okay, we need a reel. Yeah. And you got this clunky ass reel and it's on a wagon somewhere yeah. out to like Kansas City, which was the West. And they're like, <laughs> okay, we're going to put it in this thing. Yeah. And then we're going to like 
put a fence around it. Yeah. And anyone who comes in will charge money to you. <laughs> it's perfect. Yeah. And it works so well for so long. But now we have the cloud. We don't need it. Right. It's crazy. It is crazy. Um, well, I cannot wait to see what you do next. And thank you. thank you so much for coming on and supporting this endeavor. Of course. And, and sharing your thoughts. And I wish you nothing but the best and success in everything you do. Yay. You guys as well. It's always a pleasure to watch y'all grow. Absolutely. Yay. All right. Thank you, Anna. Thank you. High five. Like, comment, and subscribe. Thank you. <laughs> Well, that about wraps it up. Thank you again to Anna Akana for coming out on this episode. If you guys haven't seen her stuff, definitely go and check it out. It's very good. Remember, we do these episodes every week. So if you're listening to us, remember to download. If you're watching us, remember to subscribe. And until next time, stay classy.